0: standing, turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2, I want to read about three verses here, Second Peter chapter 2, I'll read out loud, you follow along with me silently, but we'll read this together if you would. 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves which swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, destructive, deadly ways, uh, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Verse number three. And through covetousness shall they with fiend words. the Fiend words are molded words, purposeful words used uh, that just they're making stuff up to do damage. That's, that's all that they're doing here. And so he said, and with fiend words, uh, verse number three, make merchandise, they're using you like they're buying you off. They're they're taking you in a direction, and you're going to pay for it. And so watch what he says here. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. It's coming. Folks, you cannot get by with stuff, especially when it comes to attacking God's people. His church, the local church, is his bride. And so when you do that and decide in any way that you think, I'll teach them. Okay, so you're going to hurt the bride of Christ. Well, I'll show them, okay, so you're going to hurt the bride of Christ. So you're going to tear something apart with damnable heresies. You're going to teach us a lesson. Please understand, I'm not the one who establishes God did that. This is his bride. You're going to pick on his bride that he's looking forward to marrying someday, and this is what you're planning on doing? And even if you're not planning on it, you're being used to do that? I don't think that's really smart. I'd rather get into it with somebody five times my size than do something that stupid but a lot of people are so I want to talk to you about this tonight are we members of a cult you thought I was heading in that direction didn't you? I come back over here are we you've been asked that you've been told that people have told you I heard about that church right you've heard it yeah all of you on Google and tweet fluttering around you've heard all that kind of stuff and uh, your relatives I used to go there right and now they're going to tell you what all's wrong with the cult right I've been called a cult leader Now some of you are going like this, really? So I'll try to explain here in just a moment. So you need to follow me and listen to me tonight. I want to try to help you a little bit, okay? Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, dear Lord, for clarification of truth. The truth shall make you free. So help us not to decide by feelings, emotions, circumstances, human logic, reasoning. We have a Bible, the Word of God, changeth not. May we find out what it has to say and that's the safe ground for a person to stand on. Help us, please, tonight in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to write some things down if you like taking notes, and even if you don't, write it down anyway. Yeah. Cult. It's amazing how people in our society know definitions of almost everything, and when you examine it, it's not really right. Uh, they do it all the time. So, what do you think cult means? And they'll give you all kinds of explanations and. Uh, Well, that's why they write dictionaries, especially the older dictionary, the better. You want to go back to Webster's 1828 dictionary and find it. He'll even quote scripture and put a definition along with the scripture so you'll know what it's talking about. If you don't have one, it's a little pricey, but you ought to have one. If you have a Strong's Concordance, a Webster's 1828 dictionary, and a King James Bible, you have a great making of a library. And so that's what you want to do. But cult means this. A particular system. Now you have to listen real carefully. A particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. Let me say it again. Cult. This is the definition. A particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies, Hence, an instance of a fixed, almost religious veneration. It sounds like a Catholic word. They use that a lot. Veneration means this. It means the outward reverence with regard to a person, place, or thing. It means the outward reverence with regard to a person, place, or thing. Now, here's what you're thinking. So, so that's what I call is. Hold on. It also used the word outward reverence. Reverence means this. That's why I told you to write this down. The feeling or mental attitude of revering. Deep respect tinged with awe. So a cult is a particular system of religious worship with reference to its rites and ceremonies. Kind of sounds like what we do. Right? That's what you saying. What they'll tell you is people who say that and make fun is really a cult. No, it's not true. That's another one of those things people make up. I want you to go to First Corinthians chapter fourteen. I'm gonna use our Bible here just a little bit. First Corinthians chapter number fourteen. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. I want you to look at verse number forty. I said it says here a particular system of religious worship with ref- with reference to its rights and ser- in other words, what they believe, what they do, what they what they think is important. Rites and ceremonies, okay? Kind of sounds like what we do here, right? Okay, but watch what the Bible says. First Corinthians fourteen forty. Let all things be done decently and in order. Okay. So are we a cult? Didn't it just kinda of sound like the definition? Giving yourself to rites and ceremonies of a particular religious organization. And I got you thinking oh, are we are you gonna tell us we are a preacher? In other words, don't just let things happen. This is why, according to the Bible, in a service, you don't just let things happen. You'll hear people say, let the Holy Ghost have his way. Well, I think you should. But but that can't contradict with other parts of the Bible or something's wrong. And the Bible said, let everything be done decently and in an order. The universe has an order. Families are supposed to have an order. Churches are supposed to have an order. Your car has an order. Everything has order to it. But then all of a sudden we come to church and think a person should be able to do whatever they feel like doing. That's out of order. And so this is part of what he's talking about here. So it's not just let things happen in in, in the service any way you want to. There should be a particular, here we go again, system for all to follow. But wait a minute. That kind of sounds like what a cult does. You say, Preacher, which one are we? Are we a cult or are we following the Bible? It's a good question. Are we members of a cult? A cult, a fixed, almost religious, outward expression of a deep respect tinged with awe toward a person, place, or a thing. You got it? You starting to catch on here? Listen to me carefully. But it sounds, again, like what we do. I love this place. Man, that's my preacher. I like what we do here. You're really giving yourself to this thing, aren't you? So are you a cult? Are you in a cult? Boy, you're getting real quiet. I want you to go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. In Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible, not Pastor Bell, not what Baptists believe, but the Bible makes certain absolute statements that we are supposed to be following. Here is one of those. In Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, drop down to verse number 17. You ready for this? Obey, ah, never mind, just cross that out right off the bat. Obey them that have the, yeah, cross that one out to rule over you. And and submit, yeah, cross that one out too. That's what cults make you do. Cults make you obey them that have the rule over you, and you need to submit. That sounds like a cult. Am I supposed to do that? Okay, watch what else he says here. For they watch for your souls. Understand that part of the difference here is they're not in this for them. They're in this for you. Watch what he says here. As they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. See, it's had nothing to do with him. It has to do with you. So while he's saying submit and obey those that, that deliver unto you the word of God, that's what's profitable for you. Cults don't do that. We'll talk about that in here in just a moment here. So what we have here is simply this. 1 Timothy chapter number uh, 5. Go there. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter number 5. Look down at verse number 17. Here again, it mentions this. Now, it almost sounds like man worship if you weren't in your Bible. And so here's what it says. 1 Timothy 5 verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. want to slice that, that's what it says, whatever honor is anybody else is getting, they're worthy of double, Ah, that's man worship, that's got to be cultish right there, wait a minute, it's in the Bible, especially they who labor in word and something most people don't put up with anymore, doctrine, doctrine is systematic teaching of any given subject that says this is the way it is, word upon, line upon line, precept upon precept, sounds boring doesn't it? That's why most people don't read the Bible. It has become a boring book, and so therefore you reason and listen and try to make sense of things, but this cult thing has come real close to being almost like what we are. That's why you need to understand this. Are we members of a cult? Would we say people, listen to this very carefully, would we say people who follow a leader up and down during good times, bad times, large crowds, small crowds, popular, unpopular, orthodox, unorthodox, following those kinds of methods, are following blindly? Are they following a man? Are they worshiping a man? Crowds go up, crowds go down. No matter what happens, they take a stand. No matter what the rest of the world does. Is that a cult? Should we follow somebody like that? Would we say people like this are members of a cult? Wait a minute, you're following blindly. No matter what he does, you're going to follow him. I understand, I could add to that right now, but need to understand this to me what I just described to you is two words in the Bible that are very important that even most Christians do not put much stock in anymore let me give you those two words that will show you what I'm talking about number one faithful faithful you don't find faithful very much anymore faithful faithful means trusting Faithful means true to one's word, promises, or oath. You gave an oath. You made a promise. You gave your word. And a person who follows through with that is partly called faithful. Strict or thorough in the performance of a duty. I told you I would do that and I'll stay at it until it's done. That's a faithful man. Okay, That's a huge word in the Bible because you know the Bible said, well done, thou good and... Faithful. God puts a lot of stock. He didn't say they're good and educated, talented, uh, those you can raise a lot of money. That's not what he said. He says faithful. I think what God said was if you can do that, that's a great man. That's a great accomplishment faithful. When people follow a leader trusting what he says, follow his words and instructions, go all out in their service to help him achieve his goal according to Bible and definition, that's a faithful person. Doesn't that sound like a cult? I'm confused. You? Am I confusing you yet? Good, I hope not. There's another word. Are we members of a cult? So the first one would be faithful. The second one would be Loyal, loyal, loyal is faithfulness to engagements and obligations. Faithful adherence to a sovereign, you know what a sovereign is, a governor or a leader. My loyalty is to that person. It's our society that starts bringing up all the negatives right off the bat. Yeah, but what about you, Mean I have what? I'm just telling you what I believe the Bible is teaching here, yeah. and we have to start figuring out what is the difference between what we're doing and many people accuse us of as right. opposed to a real cult. Number one, first of all, most people don't know the definition of what a cult is. Right. Number two, they don't know enough Bible to know what loyalty and faithfulness to an established God-given uh, institute is. So therefore, they kind of clash at times, and they shouldn't. We should understand what we're talking about here. But this 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 seems like this adherence to a sovereign or a governor, or in this case, in Timothy and also in Hebrews to a leader. God said, Submit yourself, yield yourself. God said that. I didn't say that. Right. God said that. Why? Because it's for your benefit. Right. It's, it's good for you. I can therefore serve with joy, which is for your benefit. Right? right? Okay, so where do we draw the line? See, that's what we're worried about. Where do we draw the line on this preacher if, because you know preachers that have gone stupid, right? So are we members of a cult? Back, uh, I, I, I try to remember today how long ago this took place. Maybe Gary can help me. Dr. Mann. Um, this thing about um, um, David Koresh. They had like 40, and Bo and Peep, anybody remember Bo and Peep? You remember that? Did you? This, there was a man and a woman, believe it or not, they got all these white young hippies to follow them in believing that a spaceship is going, and I said white because they're normally well-to-do, spoiled brats uh, that come from wealthy families. They're kind of bored with everything. Let's go see what this is all about. And they get caught up in things. David Koresh was the same way. Uh, Bo and Peep was a husband and wife, and he was Bo and she was Peep. Bo Peep. and they convinced people that a spaceship was going to come and take him out of this planet, and they also convinced him to drink a lot of stuff, and they all died. David Koresh, at one time, I hate to say this, was a Bible-believing person. Actually, I think he started, or part of his ministry ended up in Chicago, and then he went to, I think it was Africa. South America and started building a camp there. No, it's Texas. Who, who's in Texas? Oh, was, uh, Jim Jones. Yeah, there you go. Jim Jones was in Africa. And then we have the guy that went stupid down there in Texas, which a lot of those people do that. And so <laughs> 40 members, just understand, this guy decided, you need to follow me and what I'm going to do. Now listen to me very carefully. People who begin to stray from Bible that we just read about. You remember how the devil approached Eve in the garden? He said, God's lying to you. He didn't say that. Here, take this. It'll make you feel better. He didn't say that. He brought up a question. And that's all it took. I have begged you and told you. Read and study your Bible. Know what you believe and why. Not just from reasoning or human logic, but the Bible says this thing about some cults. Now, some of them get really weird. It's like, man, that's a cult. Others, though, just like I said, they deceive people. They deceive. They bring in damnable heresies. They don't go like this. Okay, I'm going to teach a damnable heresy today. They don't do that. If you don't know your Bible, how will you know? You say, "I'll, I'll, I'll know. Really? So all these people that are out there following all this goofiness, they're doing it on purpose because they just, no, they got deceived. So here's what we have. These people in committing suicide, listen to me, they were showing their commitment to their leader. They were showing their loyalty and their faithfulness to what they believe that man, that called leader, wanted them to do. If we ever drink Kool-Aid here and I put on sunglasses, Run. Every time something like that takes place, everybody in the world starts pointing at every institution and trying to describe whether it is a cult or not. That place you're going to is a cult. So what they're saying is anybody that tells you you can't or you should probably is a cult leader. This this is what they say. And they don't even know what they're talking about. You have been questioned, as I said before, or accused. If you haven't, hang in there. It's coming your way. I have been labeled a cult leader. Our church is nothing but a cult. It's always the people who don't like me. I am another, Jim Jones, David Koresh, Joseph Smith, the Reverend Sun Young Moon, maybe you don't even know who that is, and a lot of other people. You say, no, preacher, why? You say, because I like you. Well, that didn't clear it up. Many people think my standards, guidelines, and order of things, expectation of loyalty and faithfulness, hands-on cultism. Maybe you're in here tonight think that. Well, he better be careful. He's telling other people how to run their lives. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what the Bible says you, you should do. Would you say that King David in the Bible was a cult leader? story of David most of you in here do right King David would you say he's a cult leader now remember your definitions as much as you possibly can his followers his mighty men in an instant would give their lives he didn't even have to ask he said that's his cultish that's his cultish that's not right at all really let's see one day he was up on a hill or a mountain and he just kind of mumbled to himself boy wouldn't it be nice to have a drink from the well down there three of his men took off went down there Hazard their lives against a whole legion of Philistines to get David a drink of water. That's just cultish. That's that's gone too far, isn't it? See, that's why Christianity is not having the effect that's has. We're comparing what God wants us to do, what's not right in the world, and applying it to us. That's not what you do at all. They joined him to live actually away from their home to live among some enemies of theirs, of Israel's, because they loved David. They would do anything for David, including give their lives. Now, I'm not getting ready to ask you to do that, is he getting ready? No, just soaring back there, so there we go. Now, would you ever say that Gideon was a cult leader? I'm just bringing up some Bible, okay? I'm just bringing up some Bible. Was he a cult leader? Any man that was not willing to fight with him the way he wanted to fight or had any fear at all, he told him leave. I can't use people like you. You need to leave. that what cult leaders do? And then 300 that was left, I want you to get rid of your swords, your spears, your bows, your arrows, your shield. Here, take this lamp and a piece of pottery. Put it inside of there. What you're going to have is just a sword. And you're not going to do a thing. All you're going to do is yell and scream. That's a cult leader. It's got to be a cult leader. God wouldn't have us do stuff like that, would he? It's in the Bible. That's what they did. That's not the last great thing they did either. His new tactics, I mean, really, this is just something weird. Now, when I say that, you go, well, there are other preachers. They're trying new things. No, no, no. With us, it has to be biblical. Yeah. Anything new that is not, as they said the other day during Faith Harbor Week, there is nothing new. There's nothing new. Would you say that any leader who expected his followers to go beyond the normal, would you say that any leader that expected his followers to go beyond the normal, to love him more than their own families, to give their all night and day for his cause, to give up business, jobs, careers, and to die for his cause, or they would be counted as not worthy. Would you call that a cult leader? I just described Jesus Christ and what He expects. But when you don't know your Bible, you're not aware of that. So when people say you're in a cult, you go like, "Yes, I am not, am I, honey? Are we in a cult?" That's what you do. But when you say, "You say, yeah, but you're not Jesus," I know I'm here in His place. I'll never be Him. Watch what it says. Go to go to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 10. I don't know, I've never heard another preacher in my entire life preach on this set of scriptures, except me. It's not that I like doing it. It is a part of the Bible, and it's ruining a lot of Christians, especially men. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number 10. I want you to drop down to verse number 34. Now, we have a lot of talk about the love of God and God is all love, and I'd like for somebody to explain these verses to me. This is, if I'm not mistaken, is this Jesus talking? It's in red. That's a dead giveaway in your Bible, okay? Verse 34, think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I come not to send peace but a sword. Whoa, what happened to our loving Lord? If we didn't know this was Jesus, this is a calling. He's causing us to turn against our families and stuff. Wait a minute. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Now, that's pretty plain. There's no spiritualizing about this. Jesus said, you come to me, this is what I expect and this is what you're going to face. Everybody in here is going to have to make this decision sooner or later. Watch what it says. He that loveth, we're down on verse number uh, 37. He that loveth father or mother, that's pretty plain, more than me is not worthy of me. He didn't say you weren't saved. He said you just made a decision of worth. And you said your mom, your dad, your daughter, your son, Your in-laws are worth more to you than he is. So he's simply saying, bad choice, you're not worthy of me. Watch what he says. He that loveth son or daughter. Okay, lost a lot of people because of three of those things right there. Lost a lot of good men because of their wives and because of their children. You know why? They made a wrong choice. They made a wrong choice. Watch what it says here. And so go down to verse number 38. He that taketh not up his cross. Not your Christian cross, this thing about your family and who you're going to stand for. In context, he's talking about mother, father, sister, brother, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, whatever. And where you're putting the worth of who you're going to serve. When you decide to walk out because of wife, daughter, dad, mom, children, you're saying you're not worth my all. I have to go this way. You don't have to go that way. You chose to go that way. So you look at this. If, if you did not know this was in the Bible, you'll say God would never put up with it. That's a cult for sure. That's what you'd say. Jesus said this. And not many people, including folks in this room, would do that. Understand what he just said. You just said to me, by your choice, you can reason all you want to. I just want somebody to step up and explain this to me. What he's saying here, you made a choice of worth. You put a price on what I'm worth, and you put a price on which one of these relations worth. And if you make this choice, you're not worthy of me. He didn't say you weren't saved. He said you are not worthy of what I did for you, and you made a bad choice. But is that a cult? When you look at somebody making these kinds of demands, if you didn't know this was Jesus, let's admit it. We'd say that's unnecessary. That's unnecessary. You don't have to do that. Then why is it in the Bible? That's not the only place it's in the Bible also. You see preacher, who would label who would be labeled as a cult leader when they seem to be so familiar? I keep talking about a cult and what they believe how they're sold out, and I keep talking about us, and what we believe, and how we're supposed to be sold out, talking about a total uh, a giving of oneself, faithfulness, and loyalty to the rites and ceremonies of what they do, and yet God demands the same thing out of us, and here at the Anchor Baptist no, no, we don't do that, no, nope, I'm sorry, that's not something we do, yep, that's what we do here, no, nope, we don't do that, this is what we do, and you think, what are you, a cult leader? I don't know, you answer the question, am I? Are you part of a cult? Getting real nervous now. Aren't you? Where's he going with all this? I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number seven. You're almost there. Should be. Preacher, they seem so similar. You label one, but when you get the the, the definition and the description, and then you go to the other one, they sound so close to being the same. So are we? I just read you what Jesus demanded. You say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Okay, then do what Jesus said. I'm not going to tell you to leave your family when they decide, no, 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 we're not going to live for Jesus anymore. I'm not going to tell you to leave your family. Jesus did that. I'm not going to tell you that. Jesus told you that. He said, foes shall be those of your own household. When Jesus came, he said, look, when I enter into a home that's all darkness and don't know anything about peace, then all of a sudden you get saved and move into that home or go into that home, to coin a phrase, all hell's going to break loose. You know why? Light and darkness can't get along. Some of you are trying desperately to show that that can work. It will not work. It won't work. You know why I know that? Because Jesus said, let God be true and every man a liar. You cannot live with sinners and filth in your home and try to serve the Lord. It will not work. It never has worked. It's not going to work now. You'll not be the first person to pull this off because Jesus said when he moves in, something's going to give. First of all, a fight will break out verbally, attitude, okay? Pushing for rights, people standing for what they think they need to do. You have no right to side with the world over what Jesus says. None. I don't care what the circumstances, look at me and listen to me. I don't care what they're going through. I don't care what you think about it. Light and darkness cannot dwell together. And when you side with that, you're just telling the Lord, they mean more to me than what you're telling me. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. In Matthew chapter number 7, drop down to verse number 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Well, that sounds deceitful. But inwardly, which you can't see that, cannot see the inward parts of anybody right man looks on the outward appearance god looketh on the inside is that right looketh on the heart okay now watch beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing well how am i how am i supposed to know a false prophet there in sheep's clothing that's what we are we're all sheep how am i supposed to know bad sheep from good sheep how am i supposed to know so he said but inwardly they're ravening so that's not good inside they're just waiting to tear things apart but that's on the inside. Outside, they look like a sheep. That's what we are. We're sheep, right? But watch this. How can I know this preacher? You ready? Yes. Fellas, got to get in your Bible. Amen. Amen. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Yes. Right. Not bananas and oranges and apples and watermelon. Not that kind of fruits, okay? So what's he talking about here? You will not spot them by how nice they are or how mean they are. I've been called a cult leader because I preach mean. I didn't know that's what qualified you as a cult leader. You'll not know them by where they're located. That's the case. Brother Johnson's from California. All cult leaders come from California. You'll not know them by how strict or how separated they are. Yet this is the way people make decisions about cult leaders or religious people like myself. You will not know them by if they do, And believe what other Baptists believe, because this this world's changing quick. Well, I know four other churches that believe this. Has nothing to do with the Bible necessarily. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words it didn't say heaven and earth pass away, but Baptist churches will always be around. Didn't say that. Truth will always be there. His word will always be there. So if I can rely on anything, it has to be this Bible. See, we're just you think I'm all out for God. Okay, you all out for this right here? What do you do when you have a child or a spouse that says we're leaving that church where God put us, where we got saved, what we believe is right, but we're leaving you? They're forcing you to make a decision. Like a sword came into the home to divide things. And Jesus said, that was me. I'm the one that's doing that. Just by me being there, it's like a sword and there isn't going to be any peace. There can't be. Right. cannot be any peace. And so, how will you know? What, what is the fruit? Ready? We mentioned it earlier. Doctrine. Doctrine. Not what you think the Bible says. Right. Not what your own interpretation. Plain, obvious, the Bible says, and there it is. Doctrine. Line upon line. Pre- not one verse. The whole Bible fits together perfectly. But a lot of people tell me, tell me what First Corinthians chapter eleven says, huh? Tell me about that. Well, let's put it in all context with No, no, no. Just tell me what that. See, and you get caught up in that. They'll pull out one verse or one word, and you. I don't know how to answer that. First thing you want to do is go like, well, let me read the whole chapter. No, no, no you don't need to hold the chapter. You just tell me what that says right there. The Bible says God is love. Like that's all the Bible ever talks about. That's not what all the Bible talks about. Any more than it says, you husbands can serve the Lord without your families. Remember, Johnson preached on He got my message about um, Pharaoh and the, I think it was him, right? Yeah, he preached a lot, so he needs all the messages he can get about the different steps of Pharaoh trying to control, keep them close. You remember that? Anybody? You probably remember his, not mine. But anyway, um, they, they, they do not use sound Bible doctrine. Sound Bible doctrine. Doctrine is nothing more than a system of teaching on a particular subject. That's all it is. So... Here we have sound doctrine. Show me where you're getting that. Show me more than one place. Show me in story. Show me in doctrine. Show, show me in principle. Right. True principle is based upon truth. Well, this is a principle I've always lived by. Somebody hits me, I hit them back. That's not Bible. Right. Maybe may be a principle, but it's not Bible principle because it's not based on truth. So what happens here is they may start out looking like sheep, just like we just read about. They're running around going, sound right but okay they look like sheep sound kind of like a wolf you hear that grumbling like a wolf but I can't spot it because it's on the inside well how am I supposed to know how am I supposed to know when people get up here and preach or you go hear somebody else you get all caught up in the yelling this is what happens in charismatic churches and praise and worship people they get so in such a frenzy about about shouting and, and yelling and look at all the crowd and, uh, nobody's paying any attention to doctrine they paid attention to the doctor, they wouldn't be gone there. There's all kinds of things wrong with that kind of stuff. But they don't know. So they're getting caught up. They're being deceived and pulled away. You said, you call them cult leader. Yeah, a lot of them are. I could tell you why, but I'm not getting into that right now. If they're not using the whole Bible, it is false. Soon they will begin to mix in, go to Colossians. Colossians. See, it's like when a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door, you have been taught to say, do you use the King James Bible? Because you think that's kind of like the, you know, throwing holy water on them or something. And they go, yes, we do. And they'll reach in their satchel and pull out a King James Bible. And they'll say a couple of things, and then pretty soon they'll put it away and never get back to it again. But they got you. Oh, the preacher said they don't use the King James Bible. Well, this preacher told you they do. They don't use it. They show it. And then you say, Well, something's wrong. It's like telling a teenager that having sex outside of marriage is, is sinful. It's going to ruin your life. And they go, oh, I kind of enjoyed that myself. So you think I'm lying. I'm not lying. I just wasn't talking about the first touch, the first kiss. I was talking about what it does when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. You forgot that part. So, look what it says here, go to Colossians chapter number 2, you're already there and I'm not even close, Colossians, in the Bible somewhere, go to Colossians chapter number 2, drop down to verse number 6. They start mixing in other things and this is why they write a lot of uh, helps for the Bible. I'm not necessarily against that, but understand, you've got to understand whether it's doctrinally sound or not. This is what worries me about people getting online and listening to anybody there. Most people, please forgive me for saying this, are not grounded enough to go, wait a minute, something's wrong with that. Because this solid principle here, he seems to be sidestepping and didn't mention that. Why? You don't know that. You get all kinds. Boy, that, that's really good. I think I'll do I think I'll raise my family that way. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the more you read and the more you follow, the more off the path today we have most moms that will not spank their own children that's against the bible i don't know where you got that from but that's not bible them honoring their mother and father well we kind of put up with them that's not bible where'd you get that from see little at a time because it seems to make sense and it logics and and it seems to satisfy what you till you get out here and it's not working anymore look in colossians chapter number two drop down to verse number six As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And then it tells us how. There's no period there. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As ye have been taught, quit looking for new something. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no originals. There's no first timers. There's just a new generation that... These things are still being pulled on. Watch what he says. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Stay where you're at and abound in that and thank God for it. Wait a minute, we're not done. Beware. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy, worldly reasoning of God's word. That's what philosophy is when it comes to religion. It comes to Christianity. Man's reasoning what God says. Wait a minute, we're not done. Vain deceit. Useless, worthless words or actions to mislead into a false way. It's empty and it's deceiving. Vain deceit. Wait a minute. Tradition, oh, oh, here's a good Traditions of men. Traditions of men. What man holds high as important and what man's history says we should and shouldn't do. See, we become the creator. We become the God. Here's what we've always done. Here's what I've always been taught. Here's what I was taught in college. Here's what I taught when I was back home. It has nothing to do necessarily with the Bible. Folks, you were saved and put in Christ. This is his book, and everything we do should be majoring on this right here. I can only do what this says, and I can't do what that tells me not to do, and that's my struggle right now. The world, the flesh, and the devil does not want you to do that. So it will attack you with family. We address that, Matthew chapter number 10. It will attack you with philosophies. Science, so-called, which it goes down here, and it says rudiments of this world. The rudiments of this world. You ready for this definition? The established instructions of science, education, history, etc., as basis of the foundation for what they're teaching. There's a guy by the name of Andy Stanley that's just this side of being absolutely... He's got a large following. You know his dad, perhaps, Charles Stanley. A lot of people listen. At one time, I think he was president of the Southern Baptist Association. Recently just died, I think, around the age of about 90. I know some people that have listened to to his son, Andy Stanley. Again, he started off right, come from a Baptist, good, solid Baptist background. Left his father's church, took about 600 and some people with him. That should tell you something. You never go with someone who starts a church by splitting a church. That should Amen. be your first indication right there. Yep, right. I'd rather really just leave both of them and go someplace else. Yep. Because going with somebody that's already against what God's doing is not a smart thing to that's do. Right. But he will tell you that we do not live. Christians don't realize it, but we don't live by the Bible. We trust Jesus. Now, so you're saying, going like this. Hmm, You're trying to think this through and reason this out. How do you know it's the right Jesus without the Bible? Yep, right. Ta-da, light bulb, Right. But this is what happens. First of all, he gets people to trust him. He gets a large following. I mean, how could it be wrong? There's thousands of people listening to him. Because you don't depend upon whether guy's telling the truth or not by his following. Right. If that's the case, the Pope, when he shows up in Columbus, has millions of people showing up. He's got to be right. No, he's as wrong as all get out. Right. What you have to want to know is what does God's word say? Because there are people out there used by the devil, the world, and their own flesh. These people will not tell you about what what, uh, sodomites and lesbians, what the Bible says about that. They will not tell you about hell. They just want to be nice to everybody. Uh, I'm trying to think on the positive and help everybody. God bless them. Uh, See, and you know who I'm talking about because you keep smiling. How can anybody, Oprah or anybody else, as worldly and as devilish as all get out, like to hang around those kinds of people? That in itself should tell you. Light and darkness can't dwell together. So what is T.D. Jakes and all of I don't care who it is. I don't care what their color is. I don't care what their background is. If it's not biblical, right. it's wrong. Right. And people get caught up in these cults like this. So, who, okay, uh, so we find, uh, who knows, Lester off. you know his picture, it's over here? Okay, Lester Roloff, okay, about six of us old timers do. You're missing out. These are great people here. They accused him of being a cult leader because he believed people ought to eat healthy. Because he spanked children regularly when they dis, when they uh, uh, broke the rules. He believed TV was of the devil and he would not allow anybody around him to watch it. That's a cult leader. Everybody watches TV. That's a cult leader. Show me the Bible where that's a cult leader. See, you're reasoning again. Every time I make certain statements, you start thinking and reasoning instead of quoting to yourself Bible and what does God have to say about it. He believed in complete separation from the world. If at all possible, you stay away from it all. Cult leader. They accused him of being a cult leader. And they shut down his school for girls and boys and men and women. Shut him down. Put him in jail. So you weren't there. There were preachers and full-time workers from all over America when the state highway patrol and the uh, the law was going to shut him down. And according to the law, I think it's, I don't know if it's still intact, as long as there was a a service going on, they weren't allowed to interrupt it. So they were going to pray and preach around the clock. They had his school in the middle, and they surrounded the whole place holding hands and praying and preaching. And when it was done, they took him to jail and accused him of hurting children because he spanked them same parents that said, we don't know what else to do, can you help our children, turned right around and accused them when they found out what he did. I'm going to tell you something right now, it's Bible to spank your children yeah. as a means of correction. Right. Yeah. That's not the only means, but the Bible does talk about that. Yeah. Jack Hiles was not a cult leader. Just because hundreds, if not thousands of people reference, oh, he's building his own kingdom, who do he think he is? God. People like that know nothing about the Bible. Yeah. They know nothing about Biblical leadership because of thousands, thousands of Christians, they honored him. There's nothing wrong with honor to whom honor is due. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it's easy to put all of that underneath a cult leader. He wasn't a cult leader. There were people all over the world that built their churches trying to imitate what he did because it was right Bible. There were people who would not make any major decisions concerning their ministry or their life without at least asking, Brother Howes, what do you think about this? Is there something wrong with receiving counsel from a very, very spiritual, experienced man? Nothing wrong. Actually, it's very biblical. But we want to tend to do, I have a friend I went to college, you mean same age and just as dumb as you are, and you want to ask them what they think about this spiritual decision. That's just foolishness. That's what Jeroboam did, split the whole kingdom. Lots of people died because of that foolish decision. He went to the old man. They told him exactly what they're doing. I don't do that. Hey, fellas, we went to college. Get a beer. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make them pay. Yeah, let's have praise and worship. Let's everybody just do what they want. All you want, put on your skin-tight pants. Fellas, put your shorts on. Nothing wrong with that. God bless your heart. Amen. Let's just have a good time in our liberty in Christ. And you went, yeah, that sounds good. Do you have any Bible for going along with that? Bible says, "Ye shall know them by the by their fruits." It's talking about what they teach according to Bible, not what we like or don't like, or what other people say about them or don't say about them. Go to Acts chapter twenty. Acts chapter twenty. Acts chapter number twenty. Drop down to verse number twenty-eight. Are we there? Heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and this is this is uh, Paul uh, talking to, uh, Luke talking to uh, preachers, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer, Now this would be me, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know that, no, this is Paul, that after, who wrote, yeah, it was Luke, okay. This is Paul talking, though, I believe. He said, for this I know, after my, I tell you this all the time, after my departing shall, there's that wolf thing again. Yeah. Right. Grievous wolves shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Those would be sheep. Yeah. I want to know how they got in. Okay. Paul said, I'll tell you one thing. As long as I'm here, they're not going to do that. Yeah. He said, my, my worry is after my departing. I wonder why he said that. Yeah. Was it that nobody else could see it coming? knew what the Bible had to say, knew how to defend with the word of God, and Paul said, look, y'all in trouble. As long as I'm here, some of them, he'd write a letter, and they were uh, diotrophies, right? Diatrophies running around telling what he thinks ought to happen in the church, and Paul said, yeah, when I come there, I'll straighten him out. Little Paul, maybe five foot, five foot two from what I understand in history, all beat up, can't hardly see, and people scared to death that little. Why is excommunicating people and throwing people out who even would agree with Paul. We have that going on in our churches today. Every man doing that which is right in his own. Well, I just think it's the right thing to do. Brother, you listen to me. Mom, you listen. If you have no Bible for what you're doing, you have no godly authority for what you just did. Including the way people are running churches. I am flabbergasted at this stuff. Look at verse number 29. For I know that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in the flock, not, not sparing the flock. Also, ready for this, of your own selves shall men arise. So he said from outside and inside. Outside trying to get in to tear it apart, some coming up from underneath of you, right among your own people. I think that's the more dangerous. Watch what he says, speaking perverse things. Perverse things is distorted from what is right. That's what's perverse. Turn the wrong way, disposed to be contrary. I heard what he said, but I don't agree with that. That's contrary. Well, I know he said that, but I've always believed that's contrary. Now, you just think it's your opinion. I'll tell you when opinion becomes rebellion. It's when you know where your leader stands, he has a Bible to back it up, and you go against anyone. So now it's not just an opinion. I heard what he said, I understood what he said, I don't like what he said, and I'm going to spread that. That's rebellion as opposed to opinion. Everybody has an opinion. But it becomes rebellion when I finally tell you what I think and why we do what we do, and you go the other way. Now it's purposeful objection, rebellion. You follow me? Okay, now, watch what he says. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I know you're tired. It's been a long two days or whatever. 1 Timothy... Timothy, Timothy, there you go. First Timothy, chapter number four. What a wonderful gift God handed to us when He gave us His finished Word. You watch online and you'll hear these people. I went to heaven and God sent me back. Oh, I was in hell for one day. That's all a lie. There's no such thing. That does not happen. That does not happen. You did not die 14 times if somebody brought you back. Is a point in a man wants to die. Clinically, you may have been dead. They may have said you were brain dead. But God said, when, you, when I say you're dead, you're dead dead. You ain't coming back. You didn't go up there and you had a conversation with St. Peter and he said, you know something? I could use you still on earth. And most of those people are so worldly, they didn't make it there to begin with. I mean, you got kicked out of heaven. You didn't even make it there. You didn't know what how close you were to going to hell. Look what it says here in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That's about as plain as you can get. That in the latter times, that's what we're living in, that some shall depart, oh my goodness, there it is again, from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. And there it is again, doctrines of Devils, what are they doing? Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It doesn't bother them anymore. They're being used. They're going to destroy you. And it's so easy because like Eve. Eve, why didn't you just go to the word of God and tell him what the Bible said? Tell him what God's word said. But you didn't. You tried to stand on your own two feet and reason was somebody that was telling you that God didn't love you like you thought he did. That God was keeping something from you that's probably real good for you. This is what we're doing today. Well, we're not allowed to do this in church. We're not allowed to do that in church. You think that's what this is all about? Just what you can and can't do? That is simply to build a great relationship with your Savior. It's not just about ruining your life and you can't go around half naked in your skin tight pants and your shorts and your betweeny. That has nothing to do with it. You know what I'm talking about. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. F- forbidding to marry. That's what Catholics do. Popes and priests they're not allowed to marry. <laughs> How did they get by with this? Look what the Bible says. To abstain from meat. Brother, you're preaching to the wrong crowd now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's not healthy for you. Well, here's the reason why. You're eating with blood still in it and you didn't pray over it. Okay, let me show you Bible. Watch what it says here: that God created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Ta-da! All you folks eating bloody steak. Yep. <laughs> Don't hug huh, huh, me, buddy. My first assistant pastor had a job, and and I making ends meet. And he said, uh, hey, I just got this job and I, I got paid. We want to go out and we'll go to the steakhouse? I said, great. He said, I'll buy it. So even greater. <laughs> and so we went there and they came over and said, how would you like your steak? And he said, can you just wave it over the heat and put it on the plate? I said, what? He said, oh, yeah, I, I'd eat it raw if people wouldn't get upset with me. Sure enough, when it came back, it wasn't brown. On the, it was pink. It was, it was setting in grease and blood. And don't give me that. It, it, it Burn it all out, Ben. I don't want to hear that. And so here I'm over here, and he said, oh, it looks like shoe leather. Well, first of all, they didn't know how to fix a steak. Second of all, did you pray over your food? So number one, you're not supposed to eat blood. Number two, you're supposed to pray, which sanctifies, sets it apart for what God intended. See, there's a Bible for all this kind of stuff. So what we have here, what will happen to these people who teach truth that's really not truth? What's gonna to happen to them? What will happen to those wolves who act more like a sheep than some sheep do? And they do. What's gonna to happen to those that are drawing away disciples unto themselves to build their own kingdom rather than Christ's kingdom? One last verse, we'll go to this, 2 Peter chapter number two. 2 Peter, after Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John. 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 1 through 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So you're not just talking Old Testament and times past. Who privately do I have to tell you what that is? Secretly shall bring in damnable heresies. Why would a person do that? That's what we're trying to figure out. Why would anybody do that? Because this world hates Jesus Christ. The world, the flesh, and the devil. All that's in the world is not of the Father. Even denying the... Can you believe this? We have young people who went to Bible colleges, grown up in church families, that are denying the very Christ that bought them and saying that is not the right way anymore and then turn around and preach damnable heresies that are causing other people to follow them, and here's what the people following them are doing. They're reasoning. Yes, my friend, he wouldn't lie to me. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, I've always wondered about that. Well, shame on their preacher or whoever for not teaching them what's right. Number two, shame on them for not finding Bible before they did something stupid yeah. like that. So watch what he says here. Denying even the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Destructive, deadly ways. This is going to kill them. Uh, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. How can truth ever be anything less than truth? Well, I believe that when I was growing up. And yeah, I saw that in the Bible. But I don't believe that anymore. Yeah, come on. When is truth no longer truth? Yeah. When is right now wrong? Yeah. That's situation ethics. Well, it's all according to the situation. It is not all according to the situation. Yeah. But watch what he says here. The way is evil spoken of, verse number three. And through covetousness shall they with fiend words, molded, purposeful, deceiving words, make merchandise of you. They're using you. Don't you hate being used? When you finally find it out, you're going, oh, And you think they care that your life got destroyed as long as they're getting their way and doing what they want to do? Let me give you a couple things here real quick and we're done. Some things that self-Christs have in common. A lot of them. Let me just help you with this a little bit. They normally change their name. They'll add on some special title that you have to call them by or they'll change their whole name to mean something that's supposed to be real spiritual. They normally change their name. Number two. They always have more than one wife or live in whoredom. Some more of those big preachers that are really changing the whole world, yeah, well, we found out about them. By the way, I'm not happy about that. I'm just telling you this is normally what happens. Number three, they're very covetous. You know, I need a jet. I think the church, if you really love the Lord and God's all for prosperity, you ought to buy me a jet so I can fly home. I get there a lot quicker. There's no runway, but I could get there a lot quicker. I also need a house in about eight or nine different areas across America. God's for prosperity. What are we doing anymore? All the poor people are supporting those knuckleheads like that, following their pernicious ways, deceiving and twisting things about the Bible. Then I get up and go like this, folks, we're going to need some money to pay our bills. Not so I can go on vacation for 40 weeks. I saw Laura Miller or somebody back there getting like preacher, I've got to use six or eight weeks of vacation. Six or eight weeks of vacation. I haven't had that many of my whole life. Somebody said, "Oh, I know, David Ward." No, who was it? Told me they had. Miriam, was that you? No. Somebody had like six weeks of vacation. They had to use. Had to use a yeah. Put a knife to my throat. I'll figure out how to use it. <laughs> Who's that? Oh yeah, Dave Usher. <laughs> Permanent vacation. Way you go, brother Usher. Number four, they always have a special revelation from God. Anytime a person says, I was sleeping last night and God showed me something. I just want to know one thing. Was it in the Bible? That's all I need to know. I don't need to hear your dreams, your visions. There's no such thing as women, uh, angels. God did not give you a vision that's outside this book. All of that is not biblical at all. We've got to learn our Bible. You understand? Number five. They say they speak for God, yet without God's word. Because if they go by God's word, you could prove or disprove if if you knew anything about the Bible. Oh, no, no, you'll not find that in there. God showed me something special the other night in a dream. How do you know it's true? He's a man of God. First of all, he wouldn't lie if he was a man of God. Number six, they always come, I'm sorry, they always become more wicked than righteous. You can't walk that path with eventually things starting to come out and show them what you really are. Number seven, they normally have, like some of these people I just told you, have a communal type of living situation. That's what Mormons do. Mormons still have multiple marriages, whether the United States for it or not. So, but they always, you shall know them by what they teach so quit trying to figure out i think that's wrong i think i just don't think that's right stop all that stop all that find out in the bible what god teaches stand on that here's what you're going to find sooner or later what you're wondering about will finally show itself and you'll still be solid you understand that yeah. this is the great thing about consistency and staying in your marriage, in your church, in your school, in the lifestyle that God has given to you—that is what's good about all of that. Because fads, and stuff, by by its very changing, the whole world is telling you we don't know what truth is. Yeah. Right. I got a guy over here that doesn't even go to church, not even born again. That says, you know, newer Bibles—that just doesn't make sense to me. And we got Christians running around going, "Yeah, it's gonna be easier to read Bible." Yeah. Yeah. I simply told him, I said. These educated people are are telling us, uh, uh, you dumb uh, Baptist people just yell and scream, don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let me get it straight. We're using the hard to understand King James Bible, Uh and you need an easier read Bible because you're really intelligent. You know what he said? That do not make sense. Guy's not even saved. It makes sense. But to us, we're going, yeah, but what if I got an easier read Bible? There's no such thing as an easier read Bible. It may be a commentary. Now, they'd be honest, they'd put on the front there a commentary my opinion, but they don't do that. So, loyalty, that's biblical. Faithfulness, that's biblical. Obedience, all out separation from the world, tithing, giving, witnessing, all that's biblical. Hard in your face, point out sin, preaching, pastor, run church. It's biblical. It's biblical. By their fruit, you shall know. Nobody's ever left Anchor Baptist Church and said, I can prove by the Bible you're not preaching doctrine. When I tell you it's my opinion, I will tell you. This is what I do. This is what I believe. This seems to work for me right now. But most of the time, I just want you to know what the Bible has to say. Are we a cult? You say, no, preacher, I like you. (laughs) I appreciate it. Wrong answer. Oh, he wouldn't lie to us. I wouldn't. I would. I don't want to. I wouldn't like to. But that's not the point. What does the Word of God say? Now you're on good ground. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Watch over us, please.